Hello, and welcome to another edition of Thoughts from Player One, a bi-weekly podcast where we take an in-depth look at one sort of story or narrative-focused game. As always, I'm Alex. I'm Duncan. And this week, we played Detention. Um, Detention was developed and published by Red Candle Games. It's available for PC, Mac, Linux, cost about $12. It was released January 13th of 2017, and it is a 2D side-scrolling horror game. So that's what we got in store for you today. But before that, Duncan, what have you been up to lately, man? Um, what have I been up to? Yeah. Have you, I, like, <laughs> have you seen anything, done anything interesting? Is, you know, Alex, it's kind of like I talk to you, you know, on a, like a, like a semi-daily basis, you know. I would think <laughs> by now you know what I was up to. Yeah, Duncan, it's called fucking making a facade so the viewers don't know how much we communicate. As far as they're concerned, we sit down for like an hour and a half once every other week and have no contact prior and make a beautiful, beautiful loved podcast. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. I saw Beauty and the Beast. Oh, shit. Good. That's a tale as old as time, bro. Yeah. They said that in the movie. They did. I they, know. they said the thing, and I was like, oh, my God, they said the thing. And I, I did the little like... <laughs> kind of thing um at the theater and everyone you know glared at me and shit well i mean yeah i would i'd be pretty upset with you too honestly you know what was never a big beauty and the beast kid you know it wasn't wasn't really on my list of movies that i cycled through all the time so okay so uh you know i didn't really have a lot of the nostalgia like obviously when like be our guest came on i was i just got hyped you know yeah pretty (laughs) pretty big moment in the movie um but you know what i really enjoyed it and i'd recommend going to see it for anybody it's a good movie it's a fun hell yeah it was it was fun it was not that was it i mean if you're if you're looking for like a deep experience like maybe go to a different movie but like it's definitely fun nice so so yeah that's that's what i that's what was the thing that i did i don't Um, even think i've seen beauty and the beast all the way through even the animated version what way back when i know i'm kind of terrible like i haven't seen that all the way through i haven't seen like little mermaid all the way through i've never seen cinderella never seen sleeping beauty dude like well i mean cinderella and sleeping beauty you can throw those in the trash oh <laughs> damn <laughs> rough, what, they're, they're just i don't know I, I don't think those movies are that good like plot well, wise i'm sure they're fine. fun and everything like that but like yeah, watching no, totally. them again, I don't know. Well, fuck, we just lost half our viewers. Thanks a lot, Duncan. Half? You don't shit on Disney. You don't shit on Disney. You oh. know that. <laughs> well, on, Alex, man. since you're so invasive in my life, what have you been up to, buddy? Oh, you know me. I, um, <laughs> fuck, mostly just being disappointed that Mass Effect Andromeda isn't as good as uh, every, like, people aren't saying it's as good as I wanted it to be. So, you know, to, to cloak myself in, in solace from that, I've been playing a game called Hollow Knight um, mm. for about two hours. That game's pretty dope. It's like a hand-drawn 2D Metroidvania-type game. Um, so far, I'd highly recommend it. It's got really good music, but I'm, you know, two hours in, and it's supposed to be 40 hours long. So we'll see if it actually holds up. Um, and other than that, I've been watching a lot of love. What's up? That oh. show's pretty fucking oh. good. Alex. I know we don't talk outside of these two weeks, but you we know have. how much I love that show. Eh? <laughs> eh? <laughs> eh? Oh, 
And that'll do it for this week's episode. <laughs> God damn it. No, it's a really good show. Like, no, that show is who fuck man, that show is so good. Yeah. Log on to your Netflix account. You you go to okay guys, you go to Netflix.com, you go to email, you put in your email, you put in your password, you go to the search bar in the top right, and then you search love. Or if you're using a different device, you can do it on the same same kind of thing. Mm, <laughs> it's a quick tutorial. Just, just in case you didn't understand how Netflix happened, um, that's how Netflix works. Mm-hmm. And you guys can go catch up on Love Today. Season 2 dropped um, as of the recording, like, what, nine days ago? Ten sure. days ago? Eleven give days your, ago? Give me your best Gus impression. Ooh, I don't like when we do impressions. That's like a good Gus all on its own. Fuck. Ooh, I don't like when we do impressions. <laughs> Good job. No, no, that was, that I've been was working really on good, it. Alex. I've been working on it. Uh, no, that show's like, fuck, man. That show's really funny, and like it takes turns really quickly. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I think the main the main actress kind of like, character fucking sucks, man. She kind of sucks. Yeah, I guess. I want to. I want to get too deep into it, but yeah, I mean, I could, that's why I took that like single breath <laughs> is because I was ready to go on like a five minute rant, but I know we have a game to talk about. Yeah. And I can't say how much of our, our listener base is deeply familiar with love and I don't really feel ready to do a story summary for it. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, okay. So Gus, you got Gus and you got Mickey, both of them at the start are in relationships that aren't great. Yeah, it's um, it's a good show. Go take a gander at it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And then, you know, email us audio clips of your best Gus and we'll see what's up. You know, do you want to hear my best Gus? I do. I also want to hear your best Mickey. So give me both. <laughs> Which one do you want me to do first? Definitely. Let's let's do Gus first for comparison's sake. <laughs> Saving saving the worst for last. Oh yeah. <laughs> so so I'm performing <laughs> from the first episode where uh, he learns that his girlfriend just cheated on him and uh and uh you know he's packing his stuff up and he goes and, and he has to be mad at her, but he's so nice he can't do it. So he goes uh, he goes <laughs> This is hard. This is really hard. I can't fucking deal with this right now. I hope, I hope you get in a car accident. I can't. Do, if you if you walk up to me on the street and you go, "Hey, give me your best Gus impression," I can do it. But because I'm sitting here in front of a microphone in the screen, I can't handle it. I'm having a mental breakdown, Alex. It's fine. It's fine. You don't have to give me okay. Your best Gus. Okay. Okay. It was all good. Right. You did good. All right. You all right. Fine. No. 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 Okay. We're just gonna be talking about detention. It's gonna be super serious, and I'm gonna break into a Gus. <laughs> I really hope you do. I really hope. And my you Mickey do. is just like whatever. I'm a, I'm a total <laughs> bitch. Get over it, okay? And a pack was, of parliaments. That wasn't. <laughs> that wasn't terrible. That wasn't terrible. Um, yeah, so this has been our love cast episode one. We're gonna do um a, an episode every single episode of love, and you know you Please. can just go to listen along. Please cut this all out. <laughs> I want it all out. I just want you doing your Gus impersonation over and over at the beginning of the episode. Well, just cut, just cut my Gus impression from somewhere else and then re-put it in there. Okay. Well, All right. sounds good. Can we sounds move on? Good. Can we start talking about detention? Um, it's been like six minutes. It's gonna get fucking spoopy up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so yeah, it, let's do it. It's a it's a two D side scrolling horror game that teeters on on visual novel, in my opinion. We'll get into that mm. more, but uh, um, if you if you, I highly recommend just googling it and just like either watching the trailer, or just looking at some screenshots for it, just so you can kind of get a idea of what it looks like, um, as far as both in gameplay and uh, in and looks. Um, it's like a very gray game, and it's a color scheme, and it has a lot of different styles going on. Yeah. Um, but I just kind of wanted to give a you style a, to it. Yeah, I wanted to give you a mental image or a physical image if you feel so inclined to search for it um, <laughs> before we we start the story summary. So, so I will. I'm going to start off with the story summary here. We'll try and make it brief as possible so we can get into the meat, the meat the of the good stuff, the juicy bits. Mm, wish you would not have said that after I said juicy bits. Mm. <laughs> Did not like that one one bit. That felt bad in my ears. <laughs> All right. You start as Wei Chung Ting, a student of a school set in 1960s Taiwan under martial law. When your teacher, Miss Yin, gets questioned outside of the classroom about a certain book list, Wei falls asleep. Wei is woken up to warnings about a typhoon and no one else is there. He goes to leave and meets a senior named Fang Rei Shin, who falls asleep in the auditorium. She has no idea why. They discover a bridge used to leave the school, but it is broken, and decide to wait it out in Wei's classroom. Wei leaves to look for a phone and your perspective changes to Rei. Rei wakes up in a horrible, decaying, darker version of her school, waking up in the auditorium with Wei hanging dead from the ceiling. The rest of the game takes place with Rei traveling through the nightmarish halls of her school, solving puzzles, reading passages, and running from monsters. And as this goes on, the real story is revealed. At this point, I'm just going to um, go through the story as a whole instead of taking it the disjointed path that the game presents it in. Uh, Ray has a very difficult home life with uh, her family that was once full of care and love, but now her father drinks heavily and is seeing other women on the side. This shattered Ray's life, making it difficult for her to perform well in school. Ray and her counselor, Mr. Chang, fall in love and start a secret relationship. Ray discovers that Mr. Chang helped Miss Yin, the um, one questioned from the book list in the beginning, smuggle in illegal books for a book club. Yin confronts Chang about this relationship, saying that it could ruin the book club. Ray overhears the conversation and becomes depressive, as Mr. Chang does not want to see her anymore, and she is in love with him. She gets the banned book list from Wei and gives it to the instructor Bai, a military officer running the school from, for the government. Ray says that she found it on her desk with hopes of getting Yin fired. This results in Chang getting executed. Yin fleeing the country and is blacklisted from ever returning, and dies years later from cancer, whereas Wei is imprisoned for many, many years. Rei receives an award for reporting the book club, but decides to commit suicide because of the guilt. So bouncing back to what the actual game had in store for us, and uh, the, the way the story was going, 
you have discovered this story, you talk to a couple silhouettes about what you did and um, kind of like self-reflectiveness and uh, you end up going to the auditorium and it's a flashback of you receiving the award and everyone's clapping for you when suddenly it all fades and a single noose sits on the chair. You proceed to take the noose and hang yourself on the same auditorium that Wei hang from. All right, so we're going to just hop right into some discussion points here. Um, as a disclaimer, we're going to try and do this a little bit more structured than we have in the past. So, you know, bear with us. We'll see how it works. Um, I did also want to really briefly touch on something that um, was obviously mentioned um, throughout throughout the story. Somebody mentioned a little bit when you talk about the game, which is um, a little bit of information about Taiwan, because... I know I don't know about you, Duncan, but when I initially looked into this game, I knew basically fuck all about Taiwan except for that it was in Asia. So um, I, I looked up some stuff afterwards. Um, so bear with me here; I'll probably get some of it wrong. But just to give a really brief um, idea, Taiwan in this time from like you know 50s, 60s, 70s around that area um, was basically under martial law by some. Um, again, I'm not going to get too deep because I don't know, but it was under martial law by some Chinese who I believe had been kicked out of China was kind of how that whole thing happened. Um, and things like, you know, books being banned, things like elites not being allowed to meet up and, and discuss everything was sort of just how it went in that time. Um, so this game is, is couched in that time. And I do want to talk about the incident that kind of led up to that because I do think it's important to know um, and is very lightly referenced in this, but kind of kicked it off. The incident in, in question is just generally referred to as the February 28th incident, um, which is apparently, uh, again, I didn't know this, but it is one of the most major, if not the, the the most major incident in modern Taiwanese history, which was during the beginning of this um, Chinese, you know, like this oppressive Chinese government being in Taiwan. Um, there was a couple of incidences that led to a, a large um, protest gathering basically outside of one of the um, like main government buildings of Taiwanese people. Um, and in response to this peaceful protesting, um, uh, the, the leader in the time chose to respond by basically massacring everybody who was there, which I think was over, it, it was thousands of civilians, and then over the next three days, which is kind of when this incident takes place, the estimates vary, but they vary between um, between ten and 50,000 Taiwanese citizens were killed, and then after that was kind of this period of intense martial law where tens of thousands more people went missing, so... Just for those of you who don't have any knowledge about that area, because I know I did not, this is kind of a, just a cursory glance, but that's what was going on in Taiwan at this time, and that is, you know, where this game is based. Red Candle Games is a Taiwanese developer, I think, out of Taipei, so this is um, kind of near and dear to everything about the game. Yeah. Yeah, very, uh, very good history lesson right there. Yeah, they I call me Mr. History. Stuff. Mm -hmm. So um, That's good to know for the for Good most of the discussion that we get here because there's so much um there's so many the game's in such a meta like a metaphor c <laughs> of like <laughs> everything that's going on also has like i feel like has eight other things that i don't know what it means mm -hmm. but i still like that have to do with that kind of stuff so yeah, I like metaphor C because it makes me think of like, yeah, this game's lost in a sea of metaphors, which is kind of like a metaphor within of itself. 
Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. Yeah, that was totally intentional as well. No, I mean you did very good. You're, I, I expected nothing less of you. <laughs> so let's um let's let's get into the gameplay of it first before we touch on the story because I feel like it's important to know how this game functions before we talk about what this game is on a story level. Um, For sure. Uh, do you feel like you were playing a game or did it end up feeling more like a visual novel um, with its point and click adventuriness? Uh, because the puzzles were kind of, you know, a little bit easier and straightforward. Um, did, how did you feel about that? So that's a really interesting question for you to bring up, I think, because mm-hmm. I really did not feel at all like this was a visual novel. This really felt couched in like more traditional point and click adventure type games. Um, mm-hmm. So at no point when I was playing it did I think, man, this is really like a visual novel. I, I was, I was pretty pretty locked into the point and click thing and again you, you are right that the the puzzles in this game are significantly more straightforward than the puzzles in something like you know dropsy or a king's quest or you know one of the other you know major point and click adventure games mm-hmm. um but it really it, it felt like it stayed true to its roots in that regard for me I'm, I'm guessing since you're you you know you brought up the question you did not feel that way so much no um actually I kind of agree with you, but I was reading some people's like thoughts on it. And a lot of people end up or some people I read end up comparing it kind of like, oh, it, it ended up feeling more so like a visual novel, which I half disagree with and half agree with because I think it's the perfect solution for both areas where I always feel like visual novels are useless because not useless, but they 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 feel so much less important to me. Because I just feel like I'm just clicking through things, so I might as well just be reading it with pictures. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't get any interactivity. Whereas point-and-click adventure games, I just always feel like I'm so focused on the puzzle that I don't have time for the story. And the story doesn't have time to develop itself because it's too focused in on what the puzzles are and how, what I have to click on to get this to work and that to work. So I feel like detention has a perfect balance of visual novel and point and click adventure game to make it good um so that's how i feel about that yeah i mean i i i think that that's totally fair did you ever feel like the since the puzzles were so straightforward you know most point and click adventure games of of old were hey you have 20 items try using every item on every person until you figure it out um but this one was much more like hey you have one or two items and you'll solve a puzzle and get an item in response did you feel like that ever made it feel like less of a point-and-click adventure game or made it feel like less of a game or anything like that no absolutely not that's and that's something that i appreciated about it is i never had more than like three invent items in my inventory at once Mm -hmm. you know and if if they ever did i knew exactly where they went if if it was more (laughs) than one um so i think the complexity of point-and-click adventures games and how puzzles should be difficult for them is a facade i guess that like that some point and click adventure games need to to drop it's it's more like a quality that they need to drop because i yeah i just don't agree with it unless that is the point of the game which name me a point and click adventure game where the fun in the game is the point and click like yeah i mean i'd be hard pressed juicy story yeah i'd I'd be hard pressed to name you a point and click adventure game that was fun period so (laughs) i'd have a little issue with that but no i i definitely i think you're right in that like the when when you said a facade there i think i definitely understood what you're getting at it's like hey this is 
difficult, but for all the wrong reasons. This isn't like, oh, you're going to like solve this puzzle. It's like, oh, you're going to have to fucking try everything because it's just none of this shit makes sense anyway. And yeah, that was definitely this... something that I appreciated mm-hmm. in detention. It was very, it made me feel very smart going through it. Because it was like, hey, I know what I should do next. Oh, shit, that's happened. Oh, I bet I can do this now. Oh, I can do that. Whereas normally I'm like, hey, cool, I got this orange. And now I have to, like, <laughs> feed this orange to a dog so the dog can, like, run to the ocean. And, like, it's it's really dumb shit in normal point-and-click games. And that, yeah. that was not the case here. Yeah. No, and it, it feels, it ends up feeling more like a, a puzzle. And it's an easy puzzle, but it's, you know, still a puzzle. Hey man, if I wanted a hard puzzle, I'd go play like the fucking witness or something. Like this is this is what I wanted out of this game was cool story delivered at a quick pace. Yeah. Do you think um that the duration of the game fit the fit the story? Do you think that it could have been shortened or should it have been longer at all? Um, that's a good question. I do think it should have been so I think the duration was good, but mm-hmm. there was definitely a point towards the end of the game that I felt like it was dragging a tiny bit. And that may have just been because, like, I hit a snag and then had to spend, like, 10 or 15 minutes trying to figure something out before I inevitably looked it up because I don't like point-and-click adventure puzzles, so I didn't want to keep trying. Yeah. Um, And, I mean, that that is always the moment where things feel like, oh, man, this is too long, this is a waste of time in these sort of games, and I didn't run into enough of that to think that it was too long. So I think it was about right, maybe could have been like 20 or 30 minutes shorter, because I think I got what the story was getting at before it was over. Like, I thought I got everything I was going to get out of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you? I, I kind of feel the same way. Um, I ended up feeling that almost probably the same amount of time beforehand i think that there could have been some fat trimmed off of it but for the most part there was just like a lot of backtracking that i feel like could have been cut off or like a lot of games now when you need to backtrack to a certain area especially with horror games will take it take an opportunity to kind of make you go oh that's not the door i walked into but it's more for convenience sakes and it also gives you the spook yeah, that's I true. I like they could have done some of that. Uh, to the game's credit, they did do a little bit of clever stuff with, like, ways that things connected to give you shortcuts later in the game. You that's know, true. It's like, oh, you know, I got this key and I used it on this door, but it turns out all that did was connect these two areas, but that makes backtracking take, you know, three screens instead of eight. So, yeah, they, they they tried to, tried to deal with some of that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um that being said, this is, you know, this is a horror game, um, and the concept of, like, a 2D horror game that's, like, point-and-click style is kind of, I mean, I think to a lot of people it just doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, I know myself, I was like, well, it is a 2D game, so it probably won't be that scary. Did you did you think it was successful at being, a, like, a scary game? Did you feel scared at any point <clears throat> during it? Did you feel tension? Do you think 2D games can be horror games effectively? Yeah, I mean, when when you're when I heard that question, I was just like, "What?" I I think two D games can be sometimes scarier than three D horror games because I think that they lend more towards um traditional art, I guess, and I think that some of that stuff can be more scary than some of the things you can produce in three D. Um, hmm. I found myself a little bit more. Like, for example, like, this game scared me a lot more than Soma would have. Or, like, mm, in some cases, 
like I've only played a little bit of Resident Evil 7, but like this, I think this holds almost a little bit better horror than that in the things that I've played just because mm-hmm. of the subject matters that were presented to me, if that makes sense. So I don't, I don't think the dimensions of the game really hold it back in any sense. I think there could be, it might be very difficult to get a good 2D horror game. I've never tried, but I think it's like, I think it's just as scary as anything else could have been. Interesting. I mean, that's fair. I think the reason that I and and others maybe are so hesitant is the two main things, like the two main reasons I wasn't expecting to be scared of a 2D game were one, um, it's easier, especially with a game like with a very distinctive art style like this, it's easier to kind of take yourself out of the world and be like, well, it's still just a game. Like I can tell that the like with like a 3D game, it's it's built for a greater level of immersion because you're looking, you know, usually out the eyes of the protagonist. You get this first person view. Um, it's designed to make you feel like you are in a place and things are happening to you. Whereas 2D games oftentimes make you feel like you're controlling someone going through a story. Mm-hmm. And I think things are inherently less scary that way. Um, and then the other thing is, I, I think one of the really scary things in games um, is, like, when you're in that situation, a lack of a sight line, right? Like, you don't have complete information. You don't know if, you know, whatever is chasing you, you can't see it. You don't, you know, if you turn around to look at it, you know that screws you. You know, you can't see around corners, things like that. But with a 2D game like this, you just have a full field of vision constantly. Mm-hmm. So it... I was never like afraid of what something was going to pop around the corner or I was never afraid of like, Oh, I don't want to turn around to see if the monster has gone because you yeah. could always just see it. Yeah. So, so I, I think those were the things that were making me expect to not be afraid of this game. Yeah. And I'll hold, I'll hold the, I want to hold the point to that is that I, for the record, I do not think the monsters in this game are what makes it scary at all. I don't think the whole like, Oh, you have to turn around. There's like a, for those of you, you know, who haven't played, there's a couple monsters where you have to adhere to these little like uh, children poems, or I guess they're like more like children's book entries about how you handle the situation around the monster. So like, there's oh, a guy with a lantern, and you have to turn around and hold your breath, or you have to lay out some food, and then while they're mm-hmm. eating the food, you walk past them and hold your breath. It's a lot of holding yeah. your breath. It but, is that that's kind of a big theme. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, I don't think any of those moments were what made the game scary at all. No, I think I think you're right in that. I do think. Um, I, I mean, I want to give props where props do. I think it was really clever the way that they introduced those monsters and like told you how to get past them. Like it, mm-hmm. it fit the tone of the game with you finding like a scrap of a book that did have a like a poem that sounds like children would sing it on a playground. Yeah. Um, and then to see that monster in front of you, but yeah, they were they were not what made the game scary. And I think. I was a little scared of them up until the first time one actually caught me and like, oh, hit yeah. Me. And then it's like, oh, it hit me. Oh, I'm still fine. No, I'll just walk the other way because I'm faster than it. Yeah, no, this wasn't scary at all. Yeah. Um, and I, I appreciate them doing that only because like it would have dying in a point and click adventure game. You might as well just quit. Like, what's the point? <laughs> so it does break that illusion of like, oh, this isn't as big of a deal as I think it is. And yeah, yeah, I I agree with you. Like when I first got hit and my screen just slightly got red, it was kind of like, oh well. <laughs> yeah, this is this I'm, was not what I expected, which is fine. It was it was a lot like the first time I died when we were playing Soma, and it was like, oh man, like I was, there was a lot of tension and I was really scared, and then I died, and then just restarted like a room back, and I was like, oh wait a minute, 
no, fuck, never mind then. I'm fine. This isn't yeah. scary at all. Um, Although, did you ever get caught by the lantern guy? No. Because he just straight up grabs your head and chokes you. Oh, God. And that's just the end. There's no, that's like, That's a lot worse. So, yeah. That's, he, he's really easy, though. Like, you just wait until he's basically, like, fucking eating your face, and then you hold your breath, and he's like... <laughs> Yeah. No, you're good. And he walks away. Like, <laughs> I just oh, forgot okay, to bro. turn around. That was the. Uh, yeah, I was still holding my breath. I just didn't turn around. Gotcha. Yeah. So I, that being said, all that aside, I was like scared as fuck for some parts of this game. Oh, like, totally. That I think I think you and I both had the same scene that was really creepy. That was by far my the scene that scared me the most. Is you like walk into this abandoned bathroom in the school Mm -hmm. and one of the things you can look at is yourself in a mirror and like (laughs) you look at yourself in a mirror and it starts to like say some weird cryptic shit that doesn't make sense and then your reflection in the mirror like its head starts to shake and then like snaps to the side and the mirror cracks and like i legitimately pushed my chair away from my desk and smashed my hands down because i was like well fuck fuck and what the hell? The worst part is is that she's like frowning while she's looking at herself originally and the the head is is smiling when she twitches and there's just there's this perfect like cultural like I don't know, it's weird that just that like uh it's hard to explain. I feel like I've dug myself into a hole, but I <laughs> it, it, it it there's something about it that's so like oh man, this is just Fuck it, fuck Alex, it. Can you, can you, can you maybe know what I'm saying with the whole God, like? I'll throw you down some ropes so you can smile, climb out of like, this hole. Yeah, like, man. It's just like when the head twitches and smiles. It's just like a disconnect between what should be happening and what is. And like you know, I don't really know where you were going. I'll be a hundred percent honest with That's you. Fair. I'm trying to pick it up, but That's I'm just guessing. <laughs> no, fuck it, fuck it. I've, I've, <laughs> I've watched that in because it's in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I've watched that trailer a bunch of times before we played it because I've we've both yep. been wanting to play this game. And every time it freaked me out. And even when it happened in the game, it still freaked me out. Yeah, um, man. It was just it was a really well done scene. Because there's yeah. not a lot of jump scares in the game. There's really not. Yeah. I when I when I was like, Alex, there's a couple of jump scares in the game, I realized I'm like, oh, that was it. Those were the two that were in the game. <laughs> 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 they were both in the beginning. Yeah. So Yeah, yeah I was happy no, with I, the, the only the two. Yeah. The the transition period, like when you are walking away as way, and then like the screen starts to sort of go gray, and then everything gets like really weird and loud and fuzzy, and then it fucks up, and then all of a sudden you're in the auditorium with his body hanging behind you. Oh, that yeah. part freaked me out a lot too. Oh that yeah, part, and then that and then when you good. click the body, and it's it's this it's the most realist um face, like a real dead face. There was something mm-hmm. that was super real about that while also keeping to the detention style. Yeah, you know what I it mean. It was, it was really fucking unsettling, is what yeah. it was. That's that's what I would say. This game more is is it's just a mass amount of unsettling, both in knowing that these are acts that might very well have happened, and like you know, um, the the reason that these people were punished makes the game more scary because you know why and how and how innocent they are. But when you play, in my opinion, when you play a game that's like more, tra- I I don't know, the the horror games that I've played, it always feels like the people who are dead or that you walk around and stuff like that, you don't really know their story in an yeah. individual sense. And there's it's... something about it this that made it more scary for me. 
uh, because or more disturbing for me, I should say, I shouldn't say scary, more disturbing for me that amped up that scariness. Yeah, it's couched in like, you know, some semblance of realism with real people who you, you know, you come to find out that's like, oh, all they did was things that we do all the time here in the US and it's totally fine. But, you know, take your like traditional campy horror story of like a bunch of teens go into the woods and they all fuck at different times and every time they fuck they get killed and that's like you know that's your traditional horror story it's like oh well that okay cool um right so it's 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 really quite a bit different and i think i think you're right about that um so i yeah i i think this game does a much better job than i ever would have expected at being scary and that kind of drifts away by the second half of the game to be fair like I yeah. feel like almost all of the horror is in the first hour and a half, and the second hour and a half is just like really interesting story beats. Yeah, um, but I'm I'm super cool with that. We were when I was playing it initially, I played it in two chunks. You know, first hour and a half, second hour and a half, and like forty five minutes into that, I was like, I gotta fucking tell Duncan that we're not allowed to play horror games anymore. I'm not <laughs> gonna get through this shit in a timely fashion because fuck this, right? And and I'm glad they didn't keep up with that horror because I don't think I would have been able to finish it. You know, it's just like mm. there was a lot. There's a lot there in the beginning, and the fact that they kind of amped it down for me and let me take in what was important. You know, they gave me the spooks, and then they're like, "All right, you like those spooks? Now here's some story." You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> you draw them in with the spooks, and you give them the story. Then they just... then they walk out a better person. <laughs> can't handle the number of times you said spooks in that sentence when talking about such a serious game. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, uh, most of the spooks are fantasy-based anyways. That's so. true. I just imagine them sitting around a table developing this game. Be like, we, So we draw them in with like some real <laughs> spooky-dooky shit, and then we hit them up with 1960s martial law Taiwan where people are killed for reading books. It's like, oh, oh. That was a good okay. gag, but I feel uncomfortable laughing at it. Right, but like that's that's <laughs> what it's just uncomfortable, man. Like that's what it feels like it was. Yeah. Eh, um, sorry. Also, I did want to ask, did you have trouble with any of the puzzles in this game? I know we already talked about the puzzles, but did you ever like get tripped up by any of them? There were two. First one was there was this etching on a table that you ran into near the beginning of the game, and it was like you can barely write or read out what it is, and then you find a knife that you can cut Way's throat with and get his blood, uh, uh, which was like really bad. And how uh, you figure out that you're supposed to do that? See, this is like this is a perfect example of like gameplay puzzle, like figuring it out for yourself and them giving you the right clues without it feeling too handholdy and like being part of the story. Is you know where we're talking about those um like the children uh, poems slash you know children story books? There was kind of one that was a little weirder and darker and it was like this demon cutting a sacrifice's throat with a bull under it mm. and you find a knife and a bull before that and you're like oh there's only one human i know and uh who has blood currently and then you go do that so it's like you could have gotten the knife and the bull and nothing else the page isn't necessary for the puzzle but they give you the page to give you both like an element of spoop and you know, and also stop um, helping you with the gameplay. So that's a great time. But anyways, you're supposed to take that blood and then take a sheet of paper and then pour the blood over the paper or something like that to get the yeah. to get what poured onto on the there. etchings. Yeah, and, and put the paper on it. I didn't get that one. That one took me a while. And then the other one was 
and I looked this one up because I really couldn't figure it out, and I still don't get it, is there was two clocks on the wall, and one of her, like, she mm-hmm. was, like, going, walking through this, her past and stuff like that, and there were two clocks on the wall, and I just, it's not interesting talk, but I just couldn't figure it out. So that's the one that I looked up to, but I actually think it was really clever. Um, so what was it? Like, can, so can the way the puzzle is framed, you walk into this room and there are there are actually there are, there are three clocks on the wall. The one in the middle doesn't have any hands on it, and then the one on the left and right, you can move the hands to whatever time you want. Um, and prior to that, in a different room um, in your past, if you went there, you could turn off the lights and you would see pictures of your family. And the picture in the middle had, like, blood dripping out of your eyes, which yeah. is part of a different puzzle. And then the picture on the left and right had, like, hands going to different times. And you had to mirror what the times were on those to what the clocks were. But the thing that tripped oh. me up was that the pictures were also turned at different angles. And you had to see what the angle was to then adjust for the time based on that if they were all standing straight up. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it was. I thought it was a cool puzzle, but it, it was definitely the one where I was like, "All right, I don't get it. I'm looking it up. I yeah. have no idea what's going on here." Yeah, I really like the one. If we're talking about favorite puzzles, well, I really enjoyed the one where is is an obvious one, but I still liked it. Is the you find the coin, you put the there is a there's a moment in the game where you kind of travel throughout your personal story with radio signals, and you keep going back to this radio that's in every timeline, mm-hmm. and so one of them you um you see a broken piggy bank and then you have the full piggy bank and then in another one you get the coin you put it in the the not broken piggy bank and then you break it and i think there's a ticket in there like for a yeah for the yeah so it was it was kind of cool i enjoyed that one yeah i the entire time section where you're like going back and forth between your past was pretty cool yeah and I that was near that the end. section that was definitely yeah. when it like felt like this should be over now when that was done and then they took you on that little bit more and that's why yeah. I kind of felt like I'm like, Ugh, can we can we please wrap this up? Yeah, they like reveal what happened, and then they're like, all right, now we got to talk about like how your character copes with what happens, which is fine, but it felt a little bit long. Um, the only thing, the only thing I will say in reference to the gameplay that really took me out of the game was that scene where you 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 know walk to the top of the roof and you're you're following what is essentially a ghost of way, and you walk to the top of the roof and then. You walk over and you see a ghost of yourself jump off the roof, indicating that, you know, in the story, your character commits suicide because of how bad she feels, though you didn't know all that at the point. Yeah. It it didn't look very good. If I did not think it looked good. You just saw, like, a sprite of you falling, but you were just, like, a just a static sprite that just fell down the screen quickly. Yeah. And I actually kind of laughed a little bit because it looked so jarringly out of place and it just had no impact on me whatsoever. And I think it was supposed to have a significant impact on me at that point. Sure. I don't, I don't know if maybe like I was just in the wrong headspace for it, but I saw it and I was like, "Mm, all right game. Well, you tried, you tried something (laughs) and it worked most of the time, but this one was kind of not great for you. I could see I could see where you're coming from from that. It for some reason the reason it actually kind of freaked me out because of how quickly it happened. I just mm-hmm. saw it like and I think that was their intention of it being like, "Oh, whoa, what was that?" and then you like kind of understood what it might have been, but then when you like relook at it, I'm like I rewatched it and I'm like, "Oh, that's that's pretty lame." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I, I get what you're coming from there. For sure. But yeah, um do you have anything else you wanted to talk about in terms of the gameplay? Dungeon? Not really. I think I'd like to. I think I'd like to um, 
to get into the story. Well, let's mosey on over to the interesting shit, then. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good transition. <laughs> I liked it. <laughs> I don't... What What was that supposed to be? I I, I imagine it like a, like a cartoon where, like, they grab the side of the screen and then peel it over. So it's like... Mm, gotcha. I was getting, like, some sort of a... Honestly, like... Like something jumping on a trampoline. It's <laughs> kind of what I got. Like boop, boop. Like I kind of, kind of got an elephant jumping on a trampoline sort of vibe. But what? honestly, like an elephant made out of bubbles. I got a very vivid <laughs> mental image from that sound you made, and it was nothing like what you wanted. <laughs> so, so about Taiwan. <laughs> um, yes. So yeah. I want to, I want to, I want to present you. Okay. With a question. I about, like it. Questions are Ray's, my bread and butter. About Ray's character. Um, mm-hmm. Do you think that Ray's actions are um, excused by her position in life? So, and by position, I mean like her family home like, and uh, ex- her external environment obviously being in this extremely oppressive uh, nation. And, you know, just generally her age, like being able to handle something like that even as a high schooler with bad home life bad school life bad world you know life um all that kind of stuff and leading her to make that bad decision do you find yourself sympathizing with her and or you know like excusing her actions or do you you know what do you what do you think about that so that's that's a question that's like really hard for me to struggle with right because I mean, she's what, like seventeen or something yeah, like that. Yeah, we're assuming uh, she's a senior, so seventeen, eighteen. If they, yeah, have, some, they have the same kind of school system as us. Yeah, and it's it's really hard to blame like a seventeen year old. Like, oh, you did this thing that you thought was like sort of innocent, and something awful happened. So I I find myself having a hard time like saying, oh, you're a bad person, or oh, you you know deliberately did this. But by the same token, like. She's also not, like, a 12-year-old, right? Like, she's 17 or 18. Like, she's basically an adult at this point. Like, I find myself sympathizing with her situation a lot. Like, I feel really bad for her, you know. Home life is is going to shit, and she, you know, the one good thing she had was taken away from her, and she can identify the person that took, you know, took this away from her. But it shows just, like, her actions display an incredible amount of, I would say, like, naivete that I'm not... Like, I I can't excuse that, right? Like, it seems like a closed-off view where you just don't think about what you do. Um, Yeah. So I can't excuse it. I can feel bad for her. I think maybe it's, you know, there's probably, like, a sliding scale, right? It's not as bad as if she were, like, 28 and knew what she was doing 100%, but, you know, it's like, yeah, she had her first love taken away from her by somebody that she didn't know, and her happy family is now torn apart, and she's not doing well in school, but, like, you you did something that if you thought about for 10 minutes, you'd realize was going to go real poorly. Yeah. And I mean, do you think that she, excuse me, do you think that she would have known that it would have escalated so highly? Or do you think that she really genuinely thought that's all that was going to happen was that the te- Miss Yin would just get fired? I... I can understand why she would maybe think that it would just be like, oh, you know, she got 
she would just think that. But I mean, this game takes place in um, my understanding is 1960s Taiwan, right? Yes. Like that's when they said it was. So the like the 228 incident that caused all this was in 1947. So theoretically, this girl's been living for basically her entire life under this martial law Taiwan, where she it's not like this is something brand new. Like she should know what would happen with these issues, right? Yeah, like, that's not, what I think. So I, I really think, and and I think it reflects Ray's character throughout the whole um, game is because she's so naive to so many things, in my opinion, mm-hmm. that that she sees, um, that I can't imagine her not being able to rationalize or not rationalize to be able to notice that that's what would happen to maybe mm-hmm. just to Miss Yin. I don't think she would expect the others to also get executed or yeah. imprisoned but definitely so, to miss yin i definitely would think that she didn't think anything would happen to way which is maybe why he's the one that like shows up the most in the game because he's the most innocent of all this he's just another kid who is going along with what people who were in power told him was okay yeah but she had to have known that like miss yin probably would have gotten killed and mm-hmm. um Chang, I mean, I guess I did. She she was aware that Chang was helping the book club, right? Or did we yes. just get that in flashbacks where she wasn't there? Yeah, the flashback was was um, him saying like her saying you could get our you know book club in major trouble if you continue pursuing this relationship. Okay, gotcha. So yeah, she knew he was involved. So like that's also where it kind of like I cease to be a hundred percent sympathetic with her because she's doing this in theory to like get back at miss yin and get back mr chang because she's you know in love with him because she's like the only one that's doing anything good for her but she's she has to know she's doing it to both of them yeah i mean she her plan you know like we said earlier is just if she just would have thought about it for a little bit longer, she would have realized that it, it could have had an explosive proportion because there's no way that they could find that book list and think it was just all her. You know what I mean? Like they had yeah. to have discovered there were more culprits behind the action. Yeah. And it's, I mean, again, I do want to be sympathetic to her, right? She's she's young. She's emotionally distraught. She's doing this for, like, her first love. I mean, we've all done really stupid things when we were 17 without realizing how big the outcomes would be. Um, yeah. But this is, like, this is kind of another level, you know? Yeah, and I mean, it's clear that it was a mistake and she didn't. The only reason she's reliving these memories is because it was just such a such a regrettable experience for her. And mm-hmm. I don't know if we really mentioned it that much, but it's pretty intended and clear that this is not her first time. Well, this may be her first time reliving uh, this memory, but she's almost stuck in this weird purgatory world um, uh, where I believe she has to either live at once or multiple times. Because yeah. at, at near the end with all the silhouettes and stuff like that, I viewed that as those were her already relived mm. through the memories of the past i wasn't 100 percent sure how i viewed that i think in retrospect i just viewed that as like parts of her subconscious trying to speak to her as to like explain maybe what she did because mm-hmm. the entire thing at the end is like the getting the two endings like getting the one ending is uh, like the quote-unquote better one is dependent on you understanding the character's motivations and answering questions correctly based on that which Mm -hmm. i think is really cool but i think that you know 
like like you mentioned throughout the game, she's really naive to a lot of things, and I think she is almost um, she is intentionally naive to why these things happened and why she did them throughout the game, yeah. um, which which is definitely like it. It sort of comes across, I think, pretty well. Um, I, I actually think her naivete is like a, a really good talking point because yeah. it's like it's pervasive, man. Like there were points in the game, like to like the. You went into that bathroom with the creepy mirror, and if you clicked on one of the doors, it was, like, covered in blood at the bottom. She's like, oh, man, something's on with this door. I wonder if it's mold. And yeah. I'm like, no, don't. Come on. Yeah. Come on. You woke up, and there was a dude hanging upside down dead right above you. That's not mold. Let's be real here. That's exactly. blood. And you have to wonder if it's some kind of, like, true insanity where she can't even imagine such a horrible world that she grew up in like you know can you god can you imagine like walking through your high school and like seeing all that stuff like it must cause some kind of like madness toll on you that like would even make you see things that you you know or not make you see the things you don't want to see yeah that is that is definitely true um but then it also just might be like kind of a metaphor for her denial for the situation that it wasn't you know Mm-hmm. Which I think it's interesting that she's railing so hard into the denial of the situation, or it, at least it feels like that, you know, um, throughout the beginning of the game, because this is, you know, basically her reliving the memories and her immediate reaction to everything going wrong was that she killed herself. Like, it didn't seem like she was in denial that what she did was awful. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if she was just like in denial that, hey, like, I don't know that I deserve the blame or something like this. I don't know. It was... um. It was really interesting going throughout the game. I will say that. Um, yeah, but I'm not 100 percent sure on on why she perceived it the way she did as she was going through it initially. Yeah, and like even <laughs> there's this basement where they're just like people that without like either their limbs were off. I don't really remember what their situation was, but they were in like cages, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they, they had were... like burlap sacks over their head and body, mm-hmm. and she called them figures or like puppets or what did she call them i don't remember something that like i something that was very obviously like hey that's not like mannequins or something like obvious especially like i actually that was a really really i really liked that area because it was so evocative like the imagery of people with bat like bags over their heads kneeling down was so evocative of like this firing line type imagery that it was an incredibly powerful area again which is why I think it's so important to know the history of this region, like at least a little bit, because, you know, going through that game, if I wasn't thinking about that, I'd just been like, oh, that's weird, creepy people in a prison cell. But like, it right. was really powerful imagery. Yeah, it makes it so much more powerful because these are real, you know, based on real events and real things that happened or, you know, can happen. And mm-hmm. um, it really takes you to another thinking level. Yeah, um, for sure. Yeah, so... Oh, props to uh, props to the candlelight, red candle, red candle, <laughs> red candle game, the candlelight red candle games. Um, <laughs> for for that, so mm-hmm. I did want to I, I did want to ask this because I had a little bit of an issue with this. The story is told like it, it's really disjointed. You get pieces here, pieces there. You don't get anything in a chronologic um, manner. But you you the thing that was kind of big about it is it was peppered every which way with different metaphors and different like imagery, different. Um, 
just different ways of storytelling that aren't concrete. Did you did you run into any trouble following along the story, um, following along with the story, or did you feel like you had a pretty good grasp of what was going on the entire way through? Um, not really, to be honest. It it took me a lot longer than it probably would have taken you. I would say I didn't get the full thing until like I finished it. I recollected my like like memories of what happened and then I kind of put it together and I'm like I think this is what I have and then I read the plot again and I'm like oh yeah that's definitely what happened like and mm. I was very close but I also felt good putting the pieces together even if I didn't end up in the right way it still mm-hmm. felt good I'm still very happy that it was disjointed um because while I'm walking through these corridors while I'm dragging these puzzle pieces onto other things and like trying different things out i think about that kind of stuff you know you think oh what was that scene about when did that take place and you have something to do mentally while you're walking through these halls and while you're thinking about it they give you you know different kinds of new scenes and things to look at so it always felt like my mind was active in that sense where i never felt like the point and click dropped itself and you know i never felt like i wasn't thinking about something so to kind of get back to it i think that the disjointed manner helped the game so much and i wasn't upset that i wasn't able to fully follow along i don't think it was that hard of a story to follow along i just think i wasn't i was probably just a little tired or something like that so i didn't fully pick everything up but i'm curious as to i think you already mentioned that you were able to figure out what was going on before. I think I was yeah, able so, to figure out what was going on before. I just didn't know the story in chronological chronological order. Yeah. So I I had um I would say the metaphors kind of did throw me off a little bit just because I had so in understanding the story like the actual concrete story I don't think the metaphors really hurt too much in terms of like what was going on they really just i kind of got lost toward the end when i was like okay why is this happening what is like what is this trying to get at um there was one really weird scene when you are walking towards the theater and like everything is just bright and bubbly and there's a bunch of like fish and i don't i still don't understand that no i know that what's up with that one that's um you were supposed to be walking to go meet mr um mr chang mr chang yeah so yeah that was like when you first met him. So like oh, you was... were viewing the world differently. Oh, is that just supposed to be like a, you know, everything is like nice and happy and Exactly, cuz he before you have that scene, sometime before he's pretty much uh Mr. Chang kind of like counsels you and he's like he says something along the lines of like how you need to kind of like look at things differently and that how he was going to show you you know, like different a different part of the world. So I thought it was intended that he, like, took you out somewhere. You broke open your piggy bank to, like, get that ticket to go to mm-hmm. that film with him. Yeah. I I guess I just, the imagery on why everything was so bubbly and happy was lost on me at the time. Okay. And I was yeah. just like, I this is this is weird it was really, really cool but really weird color scheme and like everything yeah. was completely different so yeah it was the most stark contrast but yeah i mean um outside of those metaphors the game really um kind of concretely tells a story and it it works towards this kind of moment when you realize like it, it works towards a set of moments right like 
the first big moment it works towards is when you realize that, hey, Ray turned these people in, and then you works towards, like, why did this happen? It works towards, hey, she and her counselor had a thing, but he also had a thing with the teacher, and then she killed herself. Like, those are kind of the big story beats you get. And yeah. I pretty much, I think I followed those really well. Um, I actually think the reveal of, like, when did you realize that she turned the people in that started all this? Um, I think that was, there's like a radio broadcast you listen to as part of a puzzle. And it just says like something along the lines of like your country thanks you for your allegiance, no, right? Or something like that, that was, that was actually one of my favorite scenes. That was like, mm-hmm. it was a, um, it's a phone. Cause you go get yeah. the phone number and then you dial the phone and then they say that to you that, that your country thanks you for your, um, your whatever you said service allegiance whatever yeah allegiance and then immediately after there's this like giant black handy creature that you've seen without throughout the game it shows up like twice or thrice but there's nothing you can do to avoid it other than just absolutely hide from it and it comes right then like right after that so i think that's Mm -hmm. like a perfect i mean that monster sized creature is probably represents her greatest points of guilt and I don't yeah. remember when else it shows up, but that was, yeah. Sorry, it I got shows really up. excited. No, it also shows up um, the first time you finish a bunch of sets of puzzles and you make it to the top floor to go to the counselor's office for the first time. Oh. Like you are opening that door and then it shows up and chases you out. Oh, right. Yeah. So, it, you know, now that you mention that, totally 100% representative of, of like her guilt over the whole situation. Um, yeah. And that's really clever. I did not get that in the first playthrough. Um, but yeah, no, when when the, like you get that phone call, you, you don't have long to think because of it, but it's like, hey, we thank you for that. And I was like, oh shit, did she? Oh fuck, what's that? Oh God. And then you hide. Um, but it was like a really cool moment because I was like, I think, I think this bitch turned everyone in. Mm-hmm. I think she got everyone. Is that what, <laughs> is that where this story's going? Yeah. Um, and then every like every step along the way was like holy shit, and then it's like holy shit, her life was fucked up. Holy shit, that's why she did this. That's what happened. And I, that the concrete like what actually happened, I think was like masterfully well told and through just like little disjointed bits and pieces. Um, I I loved that style of storytelling so much. That was by far my favorite part of this game. Yeah, it's it has some of the best like. Mm, big moments little moments that make you think and then the bigger ones that reveal the greater you know the greater parts of the story and while being semi-predictable and not getting like these insane twists and turns but being surprising enough that it makes sense Um, yeah it's not like a gotcha moment but it's like pieces falling into place that you had always sort of known um yeah which was really clever um and also one of the super cool things about talking about this afterwards in the podcast format like i feel like every you know five minutes we're uncovering another metaphor or piece of imagery that we didn't necessarily recognize when we were playing through it solo um, yeah which is really cool yeah it's a really fun game to talk about um did you i I'm, just had a memory of something so i wanted to ask you okay. do you remember the movie theater scene like the it's not the movie theater it's like just like a film room uh yes what i don't remember exactly what happened with it i know that it was the the, when you initially walk into it it's just projecting slides of a face Mm -hmm. and it's really blurry but that really got to me and i really didn't like that and i didn't want to walk any closer because i definitely thought the film was going to change to something (laughs) terrifying but i i i nothing changed so it was like, oh, whatever, you know, and you grab something from that room and then you go to a roof 
and then you find a blood-stained film reel. And I'm like, oh, oh, great, 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 great. And then you go and put that in, and uh, it's just a series of numbers you have to dial on the phone. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't as big of a deal. No. And then in contrast to that, because I was also like, I really don't want to go into this room. I don't want to see what's playing on this new film. Yeah. Uh, And in contrast to that, I was like, oh, this puzzle where I like hit keys on the piano is going to be fun. I'll figure this out. And then you do. And then like, I don't remember exactly how that happened. I think it like got dark really quickly Um, and then like popped back and there were like a bunch of people standing there. Oh, those faces were not okay. That was the other moment where I freaked out. Yeah, I really didn't like that when after because it really got you on that expected like, oh my god, I'm gonna. This is just a piano puzzle, and then, uh, yeah, 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 I know that Which, one. Also, probably really good because I think that's supposed to represent like you know people who have been you know killed at the school and people who have been like disappeared and kidnapped. Some of them, you know, the only three people we get information on that they got fucked was um, Yin. Um, Mr. Chan and Wei. Excuse me, but did you also, just not refer to people who got murdered as got fucked? Well, they didn't. <laughs> Only one of them got murdered. Only one of them got murdered, Duncan. The other one went to jail. The other one had to flee the country. Got fucked. Yes. Okay. That's what I said. Okay, um, Alex. <laughs> but yeah, anyway, no, those I, are the... <laughs> yeah, those are probably the other students. Uh, yeah, because like there are... You see that there are like five other students in the book club and... When you see, like, you get a little flashback of people getting, like, basically marched off into a van in cuffs. Like, oh, there's God. there's way more than three people. Some of the fucking imagery in those, like, cutscene things, especially, mm-hmm. like, the there's... You can... Guys, please watch the trailer, because most of the stuff we're talking about in here is in the trailer. Like, this really scary moments. Like, um, mm-hmm. we're just... They're so good at making things move and twitch in the right way that just... Oh, it just gets to me. Yeah. It was... They did a very good job with what they had at hand. Definitely. Um, and the guess, color scheme as well was just, like, so crazy because they, they kept it so monotone at times. And when they wanted to, they could pop a color at you really hard. Mm-hmm. You know, and, they, like, they could surprise you with colors. Well, you know, I feel like if you're just using all the colors, you can't really use colors as a surprise. It's just another, you know just whatever it is the next thing which isn't for yeah. all games but it worked really well for that one yeah it especially worked like on top of that i think they did a really clever job of using color to highlight important places for like puzzle aspects so you weren't mm-hmm. ever confused on what you should be doing it was always pretty obvious like you know this is the thing that's supposed to stick out in this room or like this is you know follow this like hue and you know you're going the right direction and all the save points have like an eerie red glow around them which i thought was really cool <laughs> yeah um which was Kind of clever because it's like this eerie red glow, which made me uncomfortable. But it was also like, hey, this is a safe haven where you're going to pray and then the game will be saved. So yeah. it was a cool contrast in that regard. I really like that. Swinging back to gameplay, why save points? Do you think there's really I, I don't, a necessary I don't for that know. one? I really I feel like we're kind of past question. that. You know? we, we're, yeah. <laughs> that's a good point. I didn't really understand when I was, like, the first time I hit one and it was like, save game, yes, no. I was like, I mean, <laughs> I was like, is yes, this a trick? But... Am I, like, <laughs> am I getting pranked? Are there, so, are there no checkpoints then? Because I yeah. thought that's what we've been doing since, like, you know, fucking 2000 or something. Yeah. It felt but, a little uh... bizarre. But it didn't bother me enough because I only played it in two sessions, so it wasn't a big deal. Yeah. 
That's fair. One second. All right. Sorry. I had some weird audio noise on my end, but we're good to go. Um, <sighs> yeah, I know. Technical issues, my man. <laughs> These things come up. <laughs> um, I think that kind of that covers everything I wanted to talk about for the story. I don't know if you had anything else. No, I think there's just a couple little little knickknacks, a little little tits and tats that we can touch on. Little tits and tats that we can so touch on um, this in is, the miscellaneous this, section. <laughs> this is a no for me. So I'm going to ask you, uh, did you know anything about Taiwanese slash Chinese culture, history, mythology going into this game other than the obvious, like, you know, the the event that took place during the time period of this game? Not really. Um, I mm-hmm. I looked into kind of what the period was like. I looked into, like, I, I know a little bit about this. Not not much at all. Like a little bit about the history of it. Um, you know, I one of the the people I work with is um, he's a Chinese Canadian and he spent some time living in Taiwan, spent some time living in China. So I asked him a couple of major things and got like, oh, there's like a few major points that are maybe interesting. There's a few like major cultural things, but it, I didn't get like a lot more than um, finding out about the 228 incident and then also finding out about. Um, like the period after that, which is called the White Terror period, for like thirty years, I found out a little bit about those two things, and also part of the I didn't mention this there. Part of the interesting thing about that period was like the government just until very recently, actually I forget when, but it, it was semi recently, they just like refused to acknowledge that anything was going on at all wow. whatsoever, um, which like, is part wait, of what made it so atrocious. Wait, they're like they're refusing that it ever happened now, or they refuse now. To now during? they're. Now they talk about it. Now there's like a, a ceremony and like the government presents like family members of people that were killed like, oh, okay. with, with things. And, you know, they talk about it. But during that period, like during that period and shortly after that period, um, they just like it was like, oh, nope, nothing's wrong. Don't know what you're talking about, um, which is part of what was so fucked up about it. But, yeah, hmm. that's what I knew about it um, going into it. I I. I wish I would have known slightly more, but I think that, like, I think I knew what I would consider, like, hey, this is what you need to know about it. Like, this is what you need to know to understand a lot of what's going on. I wish I would have known slightly more about, like, religions and things like that, because I feel like there was a lot of religious imagery that that I didn't really get. And, like, the main monster that you run into before you find, like, the lantern dude, it's called, like, the lingered is what they call it. And Mm -hmm. I looked up an interview with um, the developer, and that is based off of a... Um, some Chinese myth about people who are killed in like shitty circumstances that that you know kind of was beyond their control and wasn't their fault, and then like them sticking around and what they do. Um, so it's kind of interesting, Whoa. and I think That's it would have been really nice cool. to know a little more about that. But that you know, That's something to look up. I think hmm. I'm for sure. Go back and look at the notes of the different kinds of monsters and look that up. Hmm. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, I didn't know. I knew some things about like mythology about different like deities or anything like that i like know some bits of lore here and there but nothing that came up in the game ever really applied to my knowledge yeah that's fair that is fair Mm -hmm. um i guess this kind of um i'm not 100 percent sure how to i want to phrase this question but like how, how did you 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 addressed this earlier that like hey this is a game that like this is couched in real events and was kind of like really really fucked up um, that these things could have happened to actual people um, I I guess did you like how did that experience happen like how did that experience affect you knowing that this was 
like a really fucked up time in the culture of a, like a, in the history of a different culture, I think is really the, the part that I want to want to reach out to there. Because if this mm-hmm. game had taken place in like, oh, this was like, even if this took place in like a horrible time in U.S. history, like if you played um, somebody in like an internment camp or something um, like that would obviously be really fucked up. But we have touchstones for like understanding this. Yeah. Um, did you feel like out? How did it feel being like, hey, this is a game that took place like in a horrible, horrible event in a culture that I have nothing to do with? It was like, you know, it was super eye opening to see something that was so unfamiliar to me, and that definitely added to the elements of both horror and story, because I think it's such a I I probably learned about it in a history class, but I feel like it's something that just never came up for me in my life of mm. uh, knowledge of history and stuff like that. And I, um, to be fair, I actually think you probably didn't learn about it in a history class because we're really bad in this country about teaching anything other than U.S. history. Yeah, which yeah, we could talk about that for hours. But anyways, yeah. <laughs> um, it it was just such a like a um. Uh, out of my I think the best way to describe it is it was a familiar subject being a video game being a horror game being artistic um, having my like favorite kind of art style Mm -hmm. and also bringing me something that I didn't know which was so unfamiliar so it drew me in with the things that I was, I did know and I was comfortable with and I really enjoyed and then kind of injecting my, you know, my thought process on everything with real events that just like, and cultures that kind of blew my mind. So it was, it was a positive experience in the sense that I'm, I'm super happy. I played it out of a lot of the games we've played on this podcast. And it was like, that was like one of my favorite Things that I'm like, you know what? If I wouldn't play it for this, I probably would have never played it at all. And I'm super happy I did because it's such a good piece. Yeah, I think that's that's a really interesting point about, hey, this is like a good way to introduce you to these ideas and this this other like culture and this like these horrible events, but to um, present it to you in a way that's so familiar that it really helps you form a connection right because like you know we've all read about horrible horrible things you know whether it be in a history book or you know we've heard about it in you know the news or whatever and it obviously everything that you hear about everywhere in the world you know if you hear about like horrible genocides you hear about you know people being oppressed like that's all terrible but it's so much harder to like make a connection to that if you're just reading about it in a book and then that's the only thing because you you just you don't have like a way to easily form that connection but when you when it's presented to you and like hey this is a format that you really care about there's something intimate that is going to explain to you in like explain to you by people who are from this culture a major event in this culture and like also tell a compelling story at the same time it really it drew me in in a way that I was not expecting. And consequently, like I finished the game and one of the first things I did was go like, wow, I, I should really learn more about Taiwan. Like, yeah, this is really fucking interesting. And I think that's like incredible props to the developer for being able to do that, for being able to tell this story that like 
delicately touches on this topic, but also does it in a way that somebody who knows virtually nothing about Taiwan can still understand, be interested in, and want to know more about, um, while still also presenting like a pretty damn good horror game. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a really good assessment on it. Yeah, so it's um, um it's and you have to wonder like with teaching styles in that sense of being like how do you get someone to become interested in something without shoving in their face like that? And it's kind of like, that's like just such a super good way to spread your message of, you know, being able to relate to someone, put them in your shoes in a situation and in a format and medium that they understand and can connect with. Yeah, for sure. And then I think one of the important things that the game does in that regard is like switches between like it, it walks the line being between this like this historical time being the backdrop and being the forefront of the game. It's like sometimes it's a really personal story about somebody who's had a bad home life, and other times it's definitely a story about martial law in Taiwan. And the switching between the two held my interest, even if I would have potentially lost it in either one of those two. Yeah, no, it's totally and and you know even adding a third one to that of being like there's all these insanely interesting metaphors to religion that i don't understand but you know what i mean yeah. like, they they still enthralled me you know what i mean like there's a scene where you walk in this almost unreal bridge and there's a giant deity i would guess and um you have to like roll your fortune for him i think it's like yeah they ask you it's he's like what um you have to ask him it's like will I ever like fall in love or something like that? And then you roll these, these weird, I don't even know what they are. They were like crescent moon type dice things. Yeah. It was really weird, but you got a result out of that. And it was always really negative or like, she was like, Oh God damn it. (laughs) Like they were always really negative. It it was much like the rest of the game. It felt very oppressive when you're like, okay, this next one is, ah, fuck. This (laughs) next one's going to be, ah, fuck. Yeah. Um, um so that was that was really interesting um mm-hmm. I, I guess that kind of touches on all of that really touches on the other question i was going to ask which is like how how out of your element how out of your comfort zone did this game feel right how how different did it feel and i, I think we can kind of both it, it seems like we both agree that like this was very different for a lot of reasons than most games i would have played um mm-hmm. Well, well, being similar enough to like, mm-hmm. hey, I understand what's going on here. Exactly. Like, I understand these mechanics, but so much of it is so foreign to me that it has this sort of air of mystery that's really um, interesting. And I just kind of want to decipher as I go on. It's super attractive, like, to pl- in that sense. Like, it's that mystery is so attractive in a game where I feel like I don't get that as much anymore. And to have that draw in really got me somewhere. Like, I. I for a while like I think I played I th- I played like three hours of it straight because I couldn't mm. put it down and then I was like I'm really tired and I had to save it <laughs> and quit but you know um I it it really drew me in because of how like I said earlier how familiar and unfamiliar it was how it switched between the two and um the world that brought me in was a world that I've never been brought to or touched upon. Yeah, and I think the fact that it was like, you know, it, it was this game developed in a different country and a different culture with different like storytelling aspects. I was always, 
I was never, I never felt confident I knew where the game was going to go, right? Because mm-hmm. it's like, oh, this is where it would go if it was like a traditional horror game developed by like an American studio, but I don't know if it's going to do that because I don't know if like the style of storytelling is just different in Taiwan. Yeah, um, and you also have to really wonder like, especially about like horror art aspects, right? Because I feel like a lot of the artistic d- decisions are cultural based and i really wonder like and i excuse me because i really should have looked this up but there's a lot of eye bleeding there is a lot of eye bleeding you're not wrong and it almost made me think like is this like a cultural thing of like horror because there's a lot of american cultural horror things that happen a lot like gore and like massacre stuff like that <laughs> and mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. <laughs> there's other things i can't give us all the you know whatever stuff but uh, there i feel like there's staples to other cultures like movies especially um with horror because we are all fearful of different things and i think that's sometimes can be a cultural thing so i wonder there if there were certain aspects that of horror that we never get because we're used to our culture's horror that they are used to and like you know was that normal to them was that also surprising to them you know what i mean yeah I think that that's interesting to think about. I will say, I think eye bleeding, probably just fucking freaky no matter what culture you go to. Sure. Because the idea of your eyes bleeding is horrifying. But it has to, you know, maybe it's like a religious thing or something like that. There has, I I almost feel like there has to be something that's like there. But it is maybe. terrifying. Yeah. I really don't know. I'd, I'd be curious to find out. This is why I want to, you know, I want to learn more about Taiwanese culture. I want to play more games from developers from, you know, East Asia. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I agree. It'd be cool. Send us your well, um, send us your games that are in English, though, please. <laughs> yeah, I, I probably I wouldn't be read. able to work with it. Um, I I can't read any other language. I'm curious. Pretty though, much. Do you stuff. think? Do you think this game, if it if it had like very good voice acting, would be good? I don't know. It would have to be like really good, though. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I mean, it might be fine, but. I kind of liked that there was no voice acting. Mm-hmm. It just felt really, it felt in place for there to not be any voice acting. It helped you kind of, um, I, I think my issue with voice acting in a game like this is it's so easy to get taken out of it if something is bad. Like if somebody doesn't like project the right air, like if the, um, the, if, if the voice actor for Ray had been really just bad and disinterested at, um, like describing her lines when she was like kind of worried about things, but was naive about them. Like, yeah, it would have taken me out of it a lot. So it would have had to been like spot on voice acting. Yeah. I wonder like how different all of our rays are and our heads, like how they all voice things and perceive things. And yeah, I, I agree with you that it, I think the, the aspect of being able to perceive that character, how you would think of them mm-hmm. and how they would say these things. Um, would be difficult to transcribe to an actor or actress, I should say. Yeah. Also, there's not a lot of actual dialogue. Most of it is just thoughts inside Ray's head. So yeah. I, I don't need someone to read that out to me. Like they're mm-hmm. not actually speaking it. Fuck yeah. that. Mm-hmm. 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 So mm-hmm. unless you have anything else, I think that will do it for our discussion on detention. But I like this game so much. Can we just? I. I do too. This was a this was like uh, you you hit the nail on the head when you said like of most of the games that we've played this is the one that I would not have played without this podcast and that I am ha- maybe happiest I played because it d- 
did push me outside my comfort zone, and it was so interesting. I told like everyone about this game. It's a really good game. I was like, guys, guys, play you have this to game. Watch the trailer at the least. Mm-hmm. It the game's so not much. expensive. Maybe just buy it and play it anyway. Oh God, yeah. Well, I mean, please do because some of the, the imagery is fucking great. But we should have said that at the top. But just do it. Just do it. Yeah. Just please. Just can can you put a can you put a uh, um who's that actor? Just do it. You know that guy? Oh, Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> yeah. Put put a Shia LaBeouf meme right there, please. I don't know that I can put a Shia LaBeouf meme in an audio podcast. Oh, come on. Everything's confident a meme. how well that would translate. Everything's a meme, Alex. You know this. Yeah, I guess right. we can we stop talking about detention. 20 meme and teen. Um, so, yeah, that was our discussion on detention. Once again, it was developed and published by Red Candle Games. It is available on PC, Mac, and Linux. Costs about $12. It was released January 13th, 2017. Um, yeah, guys, pick this up. This two massive thumbs up from from thoughts from player one your mm-hmm. trusted place for all video game reviews and guides yeah check out our walkthrough <laughs> yeah yeah check out our walkthrough <laughs> we got all the hot tips buy our prima way. guide please oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so guys big news oh big, man big news uh scary news but big has, news has anyone has anyone heard the uh, top five story games podcast that we did? Uh, I have. Because we're playing Alex's number one. And guess what? You have no, to go listen two. to it my to figure two. out what it is. We're playing my number two, Duncan. Oh. God. Oh. Wait, really? Number one was The Last of Us. Oh. Nothing can ever take the place of The Last of Us. Who's the best written game in video game history? <laughs> but this one came real close. That was a single fart for that, by the way. No, I... <laughs> I got that. I understood it. Duncan is very okay, good, very good. clever of you. Well, we're playing I'm Alex's glad. number two, and he already said what it was, so we're playing Life is Strange. We are going to play Life is Strange. Episode one, probably, mm-hmm. maybe two, maybe three. We'll see. It might be spoiler-free. It might be full of spoils, but we'll let you know before we start. So what would yep. be best is if you just played it. You just play it with us if you're there. You know, sometimes I kind of... <laughs> Because no one emails us. I kind of feel like, you know, I'm out in space. I'm I'm sending off all these broadcasts, but I can't receive anything. <laughs> Tell me someone's there. I'm I'm like Chris Jeez. Pratt in that new movie that he has about being in space and then with Jennifer Aniston. That's nope, Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence, whatever. Jennifer Aniston was on Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad with actress names, okay? Yeah, man, it's just the Jennifers. You always get them mixed up. Yeah. Um, Except Alex so yeah. is Jennifer Aniston and I'm Chris Pratt. <laughs> oh, hey, you know what? That could be worse. If I, Jennifer Aniston's pretty all right. Yeah. That's all right. Yeah. She's got friends money. Um, oh, so yeah. <laughs> so we're gonna. <laughs> right. Like you said, we're gonna be playing Life is Strange. I, I definitely, you know, if uh, play through at least episode one. If we do decide to do it spoiler free and we do two episodes at once, we'll leave a break in the middle so you know when to stop listening. Um, mm-hmm. But we're we're real excited about this one, guys. You know, we didn't quite make it to the one year mark when you know we were gonna do it initially, but it's just because I want to play it and it's gonna be really good. And also, we were out of games to play right now and didn't you know? Don't worry about it. Yeah. We're gonna play Life is Strange, and I'm excited. Yeah, totally. <laughs> also, catch us guys, on those social media, guys. Guys, Twitter, Twitter, Twitter.com/slash thoughts from thoughts from P1. I was I trying to do I this like a rap. 
That, is that how Twitter works? I don't know if that's how Twitter works. Twitter.com. Find us at, at thoughts from P1 on yeah, Twitter.com. You guys got it. Yeah, we tweet like email. fucking madmen. You know, thoughts from P1 at gmail.com. Dot, thoughts from player one, one at gmail.com. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's it. That's all we yeah, have. You know, Podbean, iTunes. We got to get Stitcher. on more social medias. We got to make a we, Facebook. We do need. We need a Facebook. We should get. Um, we should get a MySpace and a Google Plus. <laughs> we should These get a both Vine. Be really important. Oh, wait. we should get a Vine. Um, oh, oh, get a Friendster. We can get a Friendster going. We should um, start an OKCupid account. <laughs> we should. <laughs> Alex, can you make a Tinder account for our thoughts from Player One? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> I can do that. Yeah, I think I can do. That's how. Mm, it's say you're interested good. in men and women, because you know we want to pull everyone in. Exactly. But exactly. And in your description, just make the link to our podcast. Exactly. You know, I don't see how this could potentially be bad at all and not work even a little bit. <laughs> well, that's it. You know the That'll line. That'll do it. You know the that's, line. I want to mix things up here. Line. You know what? It's our. 12th 12th episode yeah, something like well, you know it's like our 11th numbered episode i think but we also yeah. we have the episodes that aren't numbered so sure. and we deleted our first episode so yeah like who knows right sure knows? alex give me a closer give whoa me- duncan duncan you can't just put pressure on a guy like that Come on. we had a closer it was beans in a pot yeah right? but i want like you to had- say it you want me to say it or you want me to give us a new closer no we haven't hit the next season yet <laughs> okay. I can I can close it. I just I thought you wanted me to give a new closer. Yeah, and I was go, like, close it. This close is still it. season two. Do my closer. All right. All right. You ready for it? I'm ready. That's all the bu- 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 beans in the pot, boys. <laughs> I love it. Oh my god! Thank I you. forgot. You just fucking. <laughs> you have to just. I, <laughs> I hope every you, time, every you time know what? you say it, and then it's, I hope oh, I you, forgot. I hope you die. I, I hope you fucking die in a car crash, or you get a disease, or something. <laughs> that was Duncan's best gust from love. <laughs> please, one. please, I can't, I can't do it. I used to be so good at it. Well, you know, no one will ever know. There's no evidence. Oh. That's all the beans in the pot. Alex isn't good at saying it. Oh. What? He's right. He's right. I'm not the closer boy. I'm the open boy. <laughs>